Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Changing Faith Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about two things that I love talking about, and that is preachers and sneakers. And perhaps that sounds catchy, or maybe it rings a bell, and if so, it may be related to the Instagram handle, Preachers and Sneakers, and the Instagram account skyrocketed in popularity, moving to more than 150,000 followers in the course of just a few weeks. And Preachers and Sneakers as an Instagram handle has been featured by the New York Times, Fox News, Esquire, Vanity Fair, BuzzFeed. It's literally been featured around the globe. And the man behind this account is with us today. He goes by the name Tyler. He is a self-confessed sneakerhead and a faithful church attender. Tyler, welcome to the Changing Faith Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Michael. This is fun. So the first question that I ask each guest on the podcast is, you know, hey, tell us a little about yourself, but you have chosen to remain anonymous and we're going to respect that 100%. So what I want to do this time is start by asking, why have you uh, chosen to remain anonymous? And is there anything you would like to tell our listeners about you? Sure. So at the onset of starting this ridiculous account, I <laughs> initially wasn't anonymous. My my personal followers, my personal Instagram knew who I was because I even mentioned like, hey, check out my new account. I started this. <laughs> it's funny. But then very quickly, I had someone suggest like, hey, this is a pretty hot heated topic and it might be wise if you say it remained anonymous while it's going quote unquote viral just to see where it goes um, because you're not really sure how people are going to react to this uh, and so I, I made that decision pretty early on I've, I've got a wife that works in ministry as well as um, some of my own, my own job things in my personal life and so I initially just decided to stay anonymous for those reasons and now part of it is is kind of a brand thing. Some people find it interesting, um, but at some point I'm going to reveal who I am to hopefully have a more public conversation about all this. You have got to get Chip and Joanna Gaines to reveal who you are. That would be amazing. And Johnny <laughs> Swim, I've actually developed a pretty good relationship with Johnny Swim and they're, they're homies with Chip and Joe. That would be amazing. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, whole, yeah. Yeah. Just to pull back those, those big curtains, yeah. but you, so you just alluded, um, you started this account, you shared it with some of your friends on your personal account. Um, can you share, what is it that led you to even launch Preachers and Sneakers on Instagram? Yeah, I, it was, it was all out of boredom and maybe a slight desire to make people laugh. I, my wife was out of town on a trip and I was watching some elevation worship music videos, which People have ragged on me before because that I was sitting at home watching YouTube videos. Of if if it makes you feel any better, um, I can be found on Sunday nights after a day of preaching watching Joel Osteen late at night. Oh, is that and so? I often, <laughs> yeah, but I often enjoy it. I'm like this. He's like, just live yeah. your best life now. You you're, you're crushing it. You're doing a great <laughs> job, no matter what. Um, yeah, so I was watching those and I I saw the the lead singer of the Elevation Worship Band, who's not part of the band anymore. Mac Brock, uh, he was wearing this pair of Yeezys that I knew that I recognized pretty quickly was um, a pair of Yeezy 750s, which were pretty rare and resell for a lot of money. And so I just made a, a quick Instagram story on my personal account and was like, hey, Elevation Worship, how much are you paying you guys that they can afford $800 kicks? Let me get on the payroll. 
And it was just, it, I didn't think anything of it. I was just trying to be funny. I was just trying to get a few laughs from my friends. And then um, some people hit me back and thought it was funny. And so I, I made a few other videos because I quickly found pictures and videos of, of other pastors wearing the same type of stuff. And then I realized very quickly, like, oh, there's a lot of pastors that are wearing some serious um, high-value sneakers and streetwear. Uh, and so I had a friend that messaged me pretty quickly. It was like, hey, you should start an account just based solely on this. I, he's based in L.A. And he said, there's a lot of pastors out here that wear this kind of stuff all the time. We're even more expensive uh, stuff than what you're even talking about. So you could have a lot of content. And so pretty quickly I, I decided to make the account. And preachers in sneakers came to mind really quickly because it rhymed. And um, that's literally what I was talking about. Uh, so it all came together really without much thought and without much effort at all. And so now we're, uh, I guess, three months later going from zero to, I guess I have a hundred close to 170,000 followers now. Um, oh my goodness. Which is um, insane and a lot. And it, I feel the weight of it because it's real people. It's not like fake followers that I paid for. I've literally, it's just been people sharing and resharing. So um yeah, that's that's how it started, and now we're here, and that's about as much uh, thought uh, that went into starting the account. Uh, so you, how was it that you're able to sit and identify the sneakers that are being worn? And I ask that because uh, at the Grammys a few years ago, um, there was a there was a Bruno Mars was performing. And he was wearing the off-white Prestos that had just come out. Yes. And I was sitting there with a group of friends, and I said, "Hey, those are like fifteen hundred bucks uh, right now. If you if you go to StockX or if you yeah. go to Goat, they're and worth even more now." Me like, oh yeah, and they were like, "How how do you know this?" And I felt like outed, like I had this weird <laughs> like secret side of me. Yeah. That I happen to know how much these shoes cost. But tell us a little about your your interest in 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 shoes and in streetwear. Yeah, I um. Candidly, I had a, I've never told anybody this, but I have a friend in the NBA and he gave me a few pairs of sneakers lower. Like they, there were some Air Maxes and a couple of kind of outlet level Jordan ones that he gave me. And I'd never owned sneakers before. This was probably uh, three and a half, four years ago. And ever since then, that's when I kind of started being interested in sneakers. Like, oh, this is cool. Like these, all these shoes have really cool styles and they go with a lot of things and there's all these different collaborations. It's almost like an artistic type thing. Oh, and there's also an ability to turn it into an entrepreneurial type thing where you could buy, if you pay attention, you could buy and flip some of these sneakers and make real profit. Um, and so I, I've probably followed the sneaker game for, yeah, it's like three and a half years, just kind of following sneaker Twitter and stuff and um, paying attention to the hyped releases. So, uh, people always basically hate on me for spending so much time researching these pastor sneakers, but it really takes zero research because if you're into sneakers, you can recognize any of the off-white type uh, kicks or any of the uh, Yeezys or Balenciagas. Those stick out pretty easily and it's pretty easy to point out. So um, yeah, I've, I've been in sneakers the past few years and it was a very, I've put zero work into researching some of the, okay, I'll, I'll take it back some of the designer stuff I had to research. So before I didn't know what Yves St. Laurent or any of the Gucci stuff was. So I've, I've looked oh, yeah. into that a little bit, but um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very much into sneakers. I've, I've definitely bought and resold tons of sneakers and made a little bit of money off of it. So yeah, it was a fun and I'm also pretty heavily involved in church culture. And so it was a fun 
conglomerate of the two. Um, oh yeah. So it all happened pretty naturally. So what, as you're able to understand, and I know you've heard a lot about your followers and I, I want to get into that, but sure. what is it that caused the account to gain traction so quickly? Because in, I think you, when I first heard about it, it was early March and there was just a few thousand. Mm-hmm. When I did the intro, I said 150 based off the New York times article. Mm-hmm. And now there's nearly 170. So this is blown up in just a couple of months. What, yeah. what in your estimation has caused this to gain so much attention? It's been insane. Uh, a couple key moments. Uh, Jonathan Merritt definitely added to that. He, he mentioned something on Twitter about it and he's got some pretty engaged and faithful followers of his accounts on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I'm really impressed with him. Like I, I think he's an incredibly smart guy and says really insightful things about faith as well as politics. I'm, I'm, I've never met him in person, but I've talked with him over Instagram and Twitter. I'm really impressed with him. So he mentioned something and that sent a lot of traction my way. And then also people started sharing after they found it through him. And then I had a buddy pretty early on, the one that suggested that I start the account, um, who's a musician between Nashville and LA, who also has the same type of followers, those that are pretty engaged that care about this kind of thing. And so he gave me a shout out pretty early in his stories. And that's, that's really where it started exponentially growing. Cause before he did that, before he did that, it was just my personal followers or my, my followers from my personal account and it wasn't going anywhere and nothing was happening. Um, yeah. So yeah, those, those two times were really um, kind of the, the intro catalysts. I mean, when, when one of the pastors responded and then changed his Instagram name. That also kind of added some <laughs> fuel to the fire. And then, and then after a certain point, it kind of, it, it's a, a, it's a snowball effect. Like I had people with several celebrities with like millions of followers either follow me or shout me out on their stories and stuff. And so, you know, now we're here at a 170,000 doesn't seem to be slowing down. I mean, it's slowed down a little bit, but it's still growing every day. Yeah. And what do you think the interest is on, I mean, we're, we're talking about preachers who like, I, I think about my life here in Denver and I'm not like preachers, Christians, church people, however you want to say it, people in the church industry. Mm-hmm. We're not like, you know, in, in the, in the, like the A-listers, I'll say it that way. Yeah. And yet there's something, I feel like there's something you've touched on that has really garnered interest. And I say that uh, not only because of the attention you've been given by people who've kind of put you on the map, so to speak, right. but because there's been a lot of engagement with every post that you've, you've put up on Instagram. Yeah, I think it's because multiple circles have something to say about this. So one group that follows me is looking for something to maybe hate on the church or, or an, another reason why they hate Christianity or they hate going to church or they hate pastors. Like there's definitely some portion of people that show up to comment on why they don't like church or Christianity. Um, and then there's also this portion of people within the church that are like, yes, this is a really good conversation to have. We should be aware of the optics of why we buy things. These pastors are in a position to communicate the gospel and they've used it to, this isn't my words, but this is their words. They've used it to uh, improve their lives or improve their finances or meet and meet celebrities and hang out with them. 
Um, so there's, I think there's a lot of people that were thinking that that was going on. And then there's another group that wants to defend these pastors. Like they've, they've either, um, they're either friends with them or they go to their churches or they've been impacted by their podcasts or their books. And so um, they feel like this account has been attacking them unduly. And so I at least, I at least empathize with that. And so all these different groups of people are seeing this and feel some type of way, but ultimately it's, it's, I think it's a lot of people don't know what to do with it because mm-hmm. it really seeing such an expensive pair of shoes on somebody that you have an opinion about how they should be living their life. It doesn't add up and no one can point to one specific thing that makes it wrong. And so even for me, like I still don't know why it makes me feel a certain way or why I would even care about somebody wearing $5,000 kicks as a pastor, but there's something still stirring within me that, makes it feel at least icky. And so a lot of people haven't known what to do with that. And so they're all just uh, have been showing up to either provide their commentary or laugh or defend some of these guys and girls. So it's been very interesting and I've been trying to trying to handle it as wise as I can. Um, but as you can tell, it's a very imperfect thing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've been trying my best, but that's, I think that's what, I think that's what has caused so much buzz around it. It's just that people didn't know what to do with it. And it was a new type of commentary on the subject and plenty of people love to uh, speak their opinions on the internet. (laughs) And I love that this started as like a a joke. Yes. 100%. (laughs) So one of the things that I've experienced that we talk about here at Denver community church often with regard to this, the optics as you used it is I'm in a place where I have taken my gifts and said, Hey, given the gifts that I've been, uh, or in light of the gifts that I've been given in light of the talents that I've been given, I've chosen to give my full-time job to the church. Right. And, the way we describe it to our folks is, and you've agreed to say, yes, because you give the best hours of your day to us, right. we're going to offset your time by supporting you. So there is this bizarre kind of almost unspoken accountability of, yes, Michael, we'll pay you, but you're also accountable to us in an unspoken way about the way that you're going to use the money right. that we give you. So if I was working for some fortune 500 company and they were paying me the same exact salary, I would have far less accountability about the way that I use my money. No one would ask ever. No, but there's also the sense where, for example, I've said to our leadership here, I will not talk about generosity. um, If all of you are not already giving generously. Dang. And and so there's the hypocrisy side of it. Well, but there's the one side of practice what you preach, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so is, uh, and, and I bring this up because there's the side of, are we, is that some of the optics? And, and, and I bring it up in light of the fact that um, I know some of the people that you've, you've posted about mm-hmm. and you shared, you've been able to speak with some of the pastors that you featured. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, some people look and go, oh, you're wearing these shoes these are the optics. This is what you're about. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't know the conversations that are happening behind closed doors. So people may have one opinion of me, 
And there actually might be a whole lot more beneath the surface. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm wondering, like, what have you learned about some of these pastors that you've been able to speak to? And for those of you who are listening, uh, neither Tyler and I are going to name names because this is not about demonizing. Right. This is about us thinking together uh, towards something that's hopefully greater for all of us. And so as we maybe seem to be dodging some of these names, yes, that's intentional. But back to the question of uh, what have you learned in talking to some of these pastors um, and maybe even other pastors that you've you've been able to connect with because of your Instagram yeah. posts? So I, when I started this account and I knew I didn't have any followers, I did, like there was some element of me being like, this is ridiculous and I can't reconcile why anyone would ever have, <laughs> why anyone would ever wear $2,000 kicks whether they were a gift or whether they bought them. And like, but that very quickly went away because uh, this account grew so quickly. And so I've heard from a lot of these uh, guys and girls. Um, and it is an incredibly complex thing because one, the thing that we hold true to is the gospel and the Bible. And the Bible speaks to money in so many different ways. And it doesn't set any kind of lines as far as, the pastor should and shouldn't do. It's it. It speaks more to the heart. It talks about removing the speck and also the the camel and the eye of the needle deal. But also like, and that's what you were. But thanks to Jesus, all of us can be saved. Something like that. Um, <laughs> that's a very rough, rough summary. You're the you're the preacher. I'm not the preacher. Uh, yeah. Well, and I'd love to tell you we'd edit that in post, but that's probably just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's, uh, I lost my train of thought. We were talking about, oh, things I've the learned. Creatures who are, yeah. Things I've learned over the course of time. So things I've learned is like a lot of these guys do give a ton of money away. I mean, apparently I don't have any facts one way or the other. Sure. And so a lot of the critics to my account would also say, yeah, that you just said it. You don't have any facts. And my rebuttal to that was like, yes, all I have are these pictures that y'all are posting. And I just put the prices next to the shoes because I thought it was interesting. Um, but it is, and I've talked to several very influential pastors that I've featured on this, and they're basically said, like, you can't judge motive. There's no way that you can judge the heart of somebody because a lot of people mm -hmm. will come in and say, these guys just want fame or just want to flex on everybody. But in fact, like, we don't know if, like maybe so the the example has been brought up. A lot of these guys hang out with Justin Bieber, and a lot of these guys have probably helped Justin Bieber change the course of his life. And so, yes. so don't you think that Justin Bieber, who is filthy rich, would want to hook his best friends up? Absolutely. And what would be the right thing to do in that situation? Would it be to accept the gift or say, "Nah, bro, I don't, I don't." I mean, people are going to think weird things about me having designer clothes, and so things like that that I'd never considered were brought up. And I, yeah, I'm like, I, I am with that. Like I understand that dilemma. Um, so, but then I guess my one counter to that would be like, all right, well maybe if people are stumbling because of these designer clothes, maybe don't wear them while you're preaching. Like if you have a, sure. a $10,000 Supreme Louis Vuitton jacket, maybe just don't wear it while you're preaching and maybe just don't post about it on Instagram because people are going to yeah. tell what those things are about. So uh, I think the biggest thing I've learned is that, is that we all have to examine our own hearts about why we buy things. Like this has opened up a much bigger discussion about, Hey, can we really sit here and go on a $5,000 vacation when we make 
fifty thousand a year and hate on these dudes for wearing four hundred dollars sneakers in the pulpit. It's like I don't know. Um, right. So it yeah yeah it, it it has opened up many more complexities once I kind of learned some of the facts around it, but it hasn't been enough for me to to make the determination. Hey, this is all bad because I've had just amazing conversations about people. I've heard from people even from. Uh, some of the churches that I posted about and some of the family members of these pastors, like, Hey, this was a necessary thing for us all to talk about. Or this was, um, I just came out of a leadership meeting. Like these are mega church execs. Like I just came out of a leadership meeting where we talked about the way we're perceived and materialism within the church. And we're going to make some changes around that. So like, I don't, and I can't prove that any of that stuff happened. It's just from people messaging me, this kind of thing. Um, but I think it's happening and it's uh, some of that has to be good. And looking back, I hope to, yeah. I hope to, I hope to be able to look back and say some of this brought either good, like uh, either people started considering church or uh, the gospel again, or have at least engaged with non-believing friends. I don't know, but I imagine we'll learn in, in years down the line. Yeah. And let me point out, I made a comment to which you just responded to that I told our leadership, I'm not going to talk about giving unless you're all giving. Yeah. You can't prove that either. Right. But in this points toward, I think our, the, the biases we often have that we're unaware of. Yes. That somebody can hear that and go, Oh, I like that. I like what Michael just said. And we don't question its truth, but somebody who's wearing a $500 pair of shoes could say the same exact thing. And we go, Oh, I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's actually what we're assuming, which goes toward, um, you use the word motive or intent. Uh-huh. And one of the things that I've, that I've seen in our culture is we've moved from pure disagreement with either what someone's saying or doing or what we presume to see someone doing mm-hmm. And just said, I disagree with that. And then we've begun to assign this evil motive and this evil intent. And um, so this is where I'll bring in the preacher a bit. One of the things I find fascinating is not just that Jesus was friends with sinners, but that Jesus hung out with the rich and the powerful. So we we sing this song in Sunday school about Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Mm -hmm. And I think we've lost the scandal that that Zacchaeus was rich because he was defrauding the poorest and exploiting the poorest in Israel. And the scandal of Jesus going to his house was, dude, you're going to eat with the guy who's gotten rich by swindling the poor religious people. Right. And if we miss that, it can make this conversation a lot harder. And, And I want to be clear, I'm not trying to compare um, some of these people that you featured to Zacchaeus in any way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. because I don't know all of them. And the ones I do know, I, I want to believe the best about. Yeah. Um, but you, you've shared a, about um, being with them, and I wonder, or, or and speaking to them, and I wonder how has that, you alluded to it, but how has it maybe changed your mind? Or what understanding um, beyond what you've already shared could you offer to our listeners about um, what you're hearing and learning from some of these individuals to whom you've spoken. Yeah, that that's when it really started. Things got way more real than I ever intended was then when the pastors, I started either learning that they were affected by this or they started reaching out to me individually. Uh, 
they pretty quickly, they let me know like, Hey, people are harassing me and my wife, my wife and are saying terrible Mm. stuff to me. And so that, that, that made it, that made me feel terrible. That made me feel like I had, I had played party to some person who I, who believes the same things as me apparently into them getting harassed. Like I can't imagine if somebody would say something terrible to my wife out of the blue because of something I wore or something she wore. Like I would, I would be pissed. Um, so I, I totally get why some of these guys came in super hot. Like some of them were really mad. Others were pretty understanding and then others were really mad. Um, so it was eye opening to hear like, Hey, this has had real life implications and part of that, like uh, initially I, I bore all the weight of that. I said, this is my mm. fault. This is uh, because of me. These people are, are having anxiety and getting harassed. But then as, as, as I process, processed it more, like it wasn't completely on me. Like ultimately I can't control what people on the internet say or do. And also like you can put your own account on private for a brief time or you can block people. Like there's things you can do that, can help prevent you having randos harass you. But uh, the point, yes. the point was made. So I, I, I just learned about the real life implications about it. And so I really struggled with that. Like if you follow my account from the early on, like I took about two weeks where I didn't post anything because I, I was, I felt terrible about that and I didn't know how to move forward. And I've since been able to process it a little better, but um, that's not lost on me that, that people were harassed. And I even, I took some of the pictures down, like, um, with people's kids in them. And then I took pictures down if they asked me to. So like one guy messaged me straight up and was like, Hey dude, I know this is kind of funny and it's causing a buzz, but my wife's getting harassed. You mind taking this down? I said, yes, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. It's like, I, I don't, that's people assign all the, the commentary as my motive and my voice, but I'm really not a douchebag. Like pe- I, I never started, <laughs> I never started out to, I never started out to, to hurt anybody or to even cause like a rift in the church. Like people, people have accused me of being divisive, which I don't, I, I don't think debate and disagreement are the same thing as being divisive, which I've, no. which I've learned initially. I thought I was being divisive. Um, but now I, preachers rank sneakers is hardly a divisive topic. I would say, I, th- I would say it's more yes. of a debate uh, or a disagreement. So yeah, I've, I've learned a lot of, I mean, I got some real life implications from, from these guys and, tried to do the best that I could with it while still like trying not to just table this platform. Like I, I thought I could use this platform for good or use it for terrible things. And I've just been trying to, for some reason, God has given me this platform and I'm trying to be wise with it. I'm not doing it perfectly, but um, I've just been trying to process it and move forward in in a small way. Yeah. And I'll point out, uh, nobody's using their platform perfectly. And anyone who claims to be using their platform perfectly probably isn't worth listening to. Right. Um, and so uh, another thing I'll say is I tried to get on Preachers and Sneakers by wearing flip-flops. Oh, you're uh, one of those? With, with white with white socks. <laughs> <laughs> I actually posted it in response to uh, to Jonathan early on, but that didn't work. But I, <laughs> let, let me say this, um, and this is one of the things I want to get to, is you've um, – you, you you basically kind of backed into the fire 
as you've as you've alluded to. Yeah. You, you didn't know in some ways what you were getting yourself into, but you've already made comments on this on this podcast. You you, you talked earlier about feeling the weight of this, mm-hmm. which tells which tells all of us listening you're not taking this lightly. This is not uh, you're not some rebel running around just trying to upset people. Yeah. Uh, you, you talked about really listening to these folks that you speak to, uh, to responding to some of their requests. I know because as someone who followed you from pretty early on, you've even changed some of the wording of your post to be a little bit less incendiary. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and so how has it shaped you? Can I ask that? Like, I mean, and I ask that from the sense of what, what I'm hearing is, is really a, a pastor's heart. And I know you put yourself on the sneaker side of the preachers and sneakers. Mm-hmm. Um, but but what I'm hearing is a, a real concern for people in all of this and a hope that the conversation will move forward. Yeah, that's that's really been a a, uh, a conflict or a friction within me is that like seeing both sides from the beginning or very quickly I, I was able to see both sides and since then it's caused a real tension because I the feeling about the the extravagant sneakers and stuff from the pulpit still stirs something within me, but also I can totally understand some of the sides of, of the, the pastors that I've featured. Um, so I, I think there's a few things I've learned. I've learned how to like initially all the, every comment, every message that I received negative just destroyed my day. Like I, hmm. and so clearly I was putting way too much identity in how people perceived what I was doing on the internet. And that's, that's a terrible way to live. And I, this has helped break some of that. I, I've had to set boundaries, you know, with time I spend online and as well as set boundaries with how much emotional capital I put towards things critics will say on my messages and comments. Because initially it made me feel terrible. It's like, why would anybody, people don't know me. Like people, people think I'm this jerk, but I'm really not. I, I want to be able to to show them that I'm not a jerk, but ultimately it's, it's Instagram and it's not, um, we're not in a coffee shop one-on-one. And so, um, I've definitely learned to maybe compartmentalize a little bit better and not put so much identity in people's opinions because ultimately, I mean, I'll post one thing and one person will say it's terrible. And then the very next 40 people will say it's hilarious or important or something like that. Um, so I've learned that I've, I've definitely learned more about church culture like i'm from the south and there's a very specific type of church and mega church culture there but i didn't know anything about the way church was done on the west coast or on the east coast in these big cities and how like the the challenge to relate to people in those cultures it's very different from being in like a a dallas or oklahoma city or uh, little rock like that versus trying to reach people in la is incredibly different and you do have to approach things from a different perspective but I do I have also learned a lot about um, or at least I've been pushed to learn and reinforce why I believe the things I believe like um, Mm. in a a culture where everyone has an opinion and everyone has facts to back up their own opinion it's really forced me to dig into scripture and seek people that I trust for honest counsel. Um, like I've brought this to my community group. I brought this to my pastor and everyone's been like, dude, this is a very interesting thing that we don't know what to do about. Um, so it's been, a, yeah, been a I will say this. Uh, I went to seminary before Instagram happened. I never, we never took classes about what, 
how to help someone who becomes a social media right, superstar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's also been disconcerting is like no one knows, no one's known how to like help me or or like make a definite decision on which way to go. It's like, do you start a podcast or do you shut the whole thing down or do you double down on the post that you're making because that's how you got here? It's been a very yeah. um, uh, ambiguous path. And so I, I'm just now realizing that everyone's still trying to figure out their like no one knows what they're doing when a social media account like this blows up. I don't think. And if there is, I would love to pay that person to help me manage this account. And I'd, well, since you're willing to pay, I'd love to tell you I'm that person. But <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I, I'm not. Uh, I think I have like 42 people that care about what I post yeah. and I don't know what to do yeah. with them. That's how it once was. Yeah. And, and let me, let me say this. You, you, you just said, you know, there's some people who don't know me. They think, think I'm a jerk. And uh, this points to the social media phenomenon. So they're, they're making judgments about you. Um, here you and I are talking. You're, mm-hmm. you, you've chosen up until this point to remain anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet the, the people who champion you and are cheering for you, mm-hmm. they, in the same way that those who hate you don't know you, those people don't know the folks you're posting about. Right. And so the, in almost a, a blindness, you have one side attacking another side and they don't know your heart, um, everything else. And then you have the ones supporting you that don't know the heart of all these people that you've posted about. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's the, that's the difficulty of this social media piece and really some of the celebrity culture that, that we've, all of us collectively have bought into. I'm not going to try to throw anyone into the bus. We've all we've all enjoyed it. We're all enamored by it. We're all interested in it. And at some level, there is that dehumanizing sense of we're just going to make judgments based off what we see. Yeah. Um, And it feels safe to throw rocks uh, at people. And so uh, when you've talked to these, these, um, these people that you posted about and some of the pastors that um, have appeared in your Instagram Mm -hmm. posts, what what in your heart has like connected to them? What, what what points of connection have you been able to make that you've been able to see them as more than human? Hmm. Yeah. So the short answer to kind of the to the narrative that you you just talked through is it at certain points made me feel like a hypocrite to say like hmm. In the same, like, woe is me. People don't know me. They don't like me, even though I've got 170,000 followers. Like, I, that's not lost on me. And I, uh, people have called me a hypocrite almost daily. And I struggle with that too, like, to trying to preserve my wife's peace and identity while these other people are, are hating on these pastors and their wives. It's like, I haven't known completely what to do with that, but also like, I haven't seen much benefit in me saying, Hey, this is who I am. Uh, yeah. And I, I may not be answering your question um, because I agree with you that it is so comfy and easy to just uh, pass judgments on people on social media. Like they're posting the pictures and it, now that it's public domain, it's basically like a, a free for all on what you can say and do um, about the stuff they're posting. Um, so you asked what has made them human, like humanize them to yeah, me. Yeah, what's made them human? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, them, them coming and saying, uh, Abram, my wife's getting harassed. 
or, uh, Hey, I, I just talked to another pastor buddy that, that you featured and he's having an anxiety attack or some of, some of them have even tried to like, uh, level with me. Like, dude, I, I, I understand how, you know, how this thing could get started without you thinking about it. But now I just want you to know, like from our perspective or my perspective, the pastor, um, these are the things that are happening. And I, I disagree with the way that you did this. Like you should have come to us in private or, you know, there's, there's verses about how to approach your brother when you think that they're in sin. Um, you know, some of the counter to that is I didn't necessarily think they were sinning. I just thought it was ridiculous. And also I'm pretty confident none of them would have responded to me if I, if I would have said, you know, me being Johnny Nobody with 200 followers saying, Hey, what's the deal with you wearing $2,500 off white Jordan ones? Like I, I'm pretty confident nobody that would have gone nowhere. Um, so yeah. I guess the thing that's made it human is like one, them personally reaching out to me or giving their number to somebody that I know so that we could connect. Like I've talked with these guys on the phone before. Um, so that obviously makes it human very quickly to say, Oh, this person sure. that was once just like a figurehead, of celebrity culture is now talking to me on the phone because of this Instagram account like that. That's made it way more real and way more human. And, um, some, some of that hurts like to hear that I hurt or potentially caused hurt for some of these people makes it very real. And, um, yeah, yeah I'm not completely sure that answers your question, but that some of the stuff that makes no, it, it feel does human. Yeah. And it's, uh, so, as a pastor, I've received my fair share of criticism, which that's just in debt. Like it's a part of the, the, the job, I think. Um, but one of the things that's been curious for me that I've seen pick up, honestly, and it feels like in recent years, and maybe it's just that I'm more sensitive mm-hmm. to it, is people that come to me with criticisms about other pastors. And like, hey, take a listen to this podcast. Let me know what you think, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like one of my favorites was someone was criticizing another pastor here in Denver, and I just listened to him, and I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm friends with him." <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, oh. My bad, like bro. Had, there was in their head, there was like no way he and I could be yeah. friends." But, but, but I think it's um, we talked a lot on the podcast about next steps. Um, what are next steps we can take through what we're learning? And I do think whether it's pastors, whether it's celebrities, whether it's people who create an Instagram handle that blows up overnight as yourself, we, we scrutinize without giving others the benefit of the doubt. And yet when we post something, um, I mean, it could, it could be something like kittens, you know, or kittens and rainbows Mm -hmm. and someone somehow their haters are always going to be there. And we have almost this disdain for people who don't give us the benefit of the doubt. And what I'm hearing from you over and over is, man, as soon as this picture of this dude wearing $2,500 shoes, as soon as that guy had a voice and a story and a spouse and kids and a church, and a, it changed everything. And I think that's the humanizing nature of it. And, and one of the things that I mentioned to you before we started recording that, that really led me to reach out was... Um, there was, you, you've invited stories on your Instagram story. Like you've invited questions, sorry, on your Instagram story from time to time. Uh-huh. And there was one that, one question that you responded to. Um, oh Lord. And, and it really was kind of the linchpin where I was like, I got to reach out to this guy. And once somebody asked like what faith leaders or what preachers do you listen to? You know where I'm yeah. going with this? Yes. 
<laughs> I love it. And you named John Piper and Matt Chandler. Mm-hmm. And uh, you gained some, it sounds like you got some static One for the that. Biggest mistakes of my life. <laughs> what? Listen no. To them or, or telling people, <laughs> telling people that I did. Oh my gosh. Um, but that was, the way you responded was twofold. A, you didn't tell anyone to, you know, go screw themselves yeah. because of the way they responded. Um, but you also didn't defend yourself. Yeah. And I'm wondering what did, I don't know if that was the most intensive criticism. That was honestly the one that led me to go, I've got to, I've got to get this guy on the podcast. But what did you learn through that intense scrutiny over that one answer to that one? Yeah, I, so I grew up in Southern church culture and those two guys were, were mainstays in like, Hey, these are intense pastors that are going to bring the gospel and are going to be unapologetic about it. And so that's how they've, they've been in my, my heads all like growing up. And I haven't really been paying attention to them probably in the past, uh, five, five or seven years. And so I just, I, I wrote that, um, just off the top of my head. Somebody asked, somebody asked, I think it was theologians like, Hey, who are some of the theologians you follow? And I said, Piper Chandler in the comments section or something trying to be funny. (laughs) <laughs> and immediately one of my buddies was like, dude, you're going to lose some followers because of that. And I said, what? Like Piper and Chandler? I didn't know anybody had issues with them. Um, but I, it's <laughs> like, this is me being so ignorant about like the state of, of discussions around evangelicalism and everything. So like clearly John Piper is a huge complementarian and a lot of people feel very strongly about that one way or the other. And I had, I had no idea that, that he had come under scrutiny for all that. And so immediately people like people started making their own stories like oh now we know who this preachers and seekers guy is unfollow immediate unfollow and i said whoa this is mark Driscoll. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah, uh, yeah. So i was like oh i like i i i don't know how i like i have enjoyed their preaching growing up but i'm not one to like defend or criticize those two guys like i didn't know anything that was negative against them. And now I, now I do know why people think strongly about them one way or the other. And so the, very quickly I learned that uh, church culture has changed over the past like 10 years and oh, yeah. kind of some of the worldviews around uh, some of the leaders in like, the Southern Baptist convention and some of the other church circles. So I had a very uh, down and dirty lesson in uh, maybe researching things before you say them. Um, yeah. So, I mean, what what is your, yeah. what is your take on that? So, like, it stuck out to you. Oh my goodness. Um, well, I what I would say is this: we're obviously politically polarized, right? Which is you no, and I. Like, no one's gonna. No, 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 no. <laughs> Just like we, the collect, the royal, oh, we, yes. the, our country. Yes, absolutely. Because um, I've we've not talked about politics. We just we you and I like shoes. Um, so so our country is politically polarized and research indicates that we are find greater identity these days in our political and partisan persuasions than we do rooted in the heart of, of God and rooted in the teachings and life of Jesus, which is terrifying. That is. So you can't drop a name, whether it be someone like John Piper or on the other side of the spectrum, a Rob Bell without everyone going, okay, now I know what preachers and sneakers. Right. So now we've painted a portrait of you. We've painted a, um, 
a whole profile and said, ah, now we know who he is. This is some neo-Calvinist legalist who's... Like, like, I don't even know what that know. is, what you just said. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because this is insider language. And for those of you who are listening who don't know what that means, don't Google it, please. <laughs> a just, deep, dark hole um, to go down. But it, it it's really... And, and it's something that needs to be overcome. And, and honestly, the thing that's compelled me, and it sounds funny to say I'm compelled by your Instagram post, but I really have been, is that you've brought people into a conversation unwittingly where we're faced with the, having to overcome all of these stereotypes that we have come to believe are in fact 100% true and cannot be right. challenged. And I think until we're confronted with the other, whoever the other is, whether it's some preacher in LA wearing Gucci mm-hmm. shoes or it's uh, a John Piper who's probably wearing something much more <laughs> humble because John actually, I know him to be a person who lives out what he preaches, whether you agree with it yeah. or not. Um, until you can sit with that person, until they become an image bearer, until they reflect back to you the heart of God that is breathing in them through the the breath of life, we should probably be really hesitant to make judgments. Yeah. And Man, this is this is hard for me. This is hard for everyone I talk to. It, it's uh, and it's been perpetuated by so many things. But but I, I I asked that question because I saw it come through, and I thought, oh man, here we go. <laughs> and uh, you referred to it many times, and it was just fascinating to watch that some of the people who were cheering you on because you, in their minds, were taking down yeah. one group of people were the same people who took you down minutes later yes because you quoted the wrong theology. i have i have experienced the internet turn on me several times and it is it's it's almost like comedic <laughs> because i will yeah i have literally had the same people message me within a day's time frame praising me or like re like resharing something i posted and then saying immediate unfollow you follow piper and to be clear like i'm i'm very much a people ple- i'm very much a people pleaser and really hate arguing like i don't really love debate which is like ironic about the position that I'm put in, but I will say I do, I do think John Piper and Matt Chandler preach the gospel very explicitly. And I think they do it really well, regardless of the maybe like theological nuances about complementarianism and stuff. Like I'm really not uh, read in enough to be able to really make a staunch judgment, but those two guys have impacted my life just through their preaching. Like John Piper talking about not wasting your life and Matt Chandler telling, um, basically telling you to suck it up and live out the gospel instead of complaining. I mean, him screaming at you on Sundays can be pretty motivating. So, and so to be clear, like I'm not backing down from my uh, admiration of of their preaching, but I, I'm at least aware that people disagree with some of their theological nuances, if that makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. And I appreciate it. You didn't go on the defensive, uh, Yeah, it's just honestly, man, it's, it's been, it's been an example to me. Uh, I think it's been an example to us. Um, And like you said, you, you just thought it was funny. Some dude on Elevate Worship was wearing Yeezys. That's where this whole, that's where the podcast started. That's where this started. So as we conclude, this is, I should have asked this question right at the beginning. Um, I I didn't, but I know for those who are familiar with you, it's the question that's on everybody's mind. Mm -hmm. What sneakers are you rocking right now? <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I, well, one, I can't afford any of these sneakers, unfortunately, but I am, I'm rocking some, uh, this is shameful, but some, uh, 
paint-stained Chacos from 2007. At least you didn't say Crocs. <laughs> no. I don't have any Crocs, but I do have these disgusting Chacos that I've been wearing for 12 years. Uh, well, full disclosure, I'm wearing uh, the original Vans old school uh, high tops? sneakers. Nope, low tops. Respect. I do have high tops at home, but I'm wearing Those I'm, are amazing. I'm rocking the so low you can look today. hip, and they're like 29 bucks. So you check all exactly. the boxes. Exactly. Yes. And so I'm, 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 I have the profile going for me, but I also have the humility. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So people can't argue. So, uh, as we conclude, Tyler, our listeners, uh, can find you, tell us your Instagram. Sure. It's at preachers letter N sneakers and would love for you to follow and comment as well as share with your, uh, somebody said, Somebody said, I'm gifting this account to friends and family for Christmas, which I thought was funny. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> and and you now have an online presence. Is that yeah? Correct? So I've got a, a podcast that's it's preacher the, the Preachers and Sneakers podcast, as well as a website, preachers and sneakers.online. Uh, somebody bought the the URL pretty early on, so I'm trying still trying to get the the dot com. But um, yeah, so um, uh, unbelievable. Po- yeah, I know people are amazing. Uh, my podcast is on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google. I'm trying to. I'm uploading it to YouTube currently. Uh, I'm on Twitter. All the Twitter is terrible, but if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Preachers and Sneakers with no vowels. So, right on. And and what is your real quick as we conclude? Thirty seconds. What is your podcast about? Sure. Uh, the podcast is is talk kind of a continuation of the discussion. I'm trying to get uh, a more productive back and forth going with both pastors and people that are outside of the church, as well as the people in the fashion industry to try to get multiple perspectives about materialism, celebrity church culture, and maybe talk about sneakers a little bit. Awesome. Well, Hey, thank you friend so much for joining with us on the changing faith podcast. Michael, thanks for having me. These were great questions. I feel like uh, you asked really great questions and this was a really uh, fun discussion. Oh, well, thank you. And uh, for all of you listening, thank you again for joining with us for another episode of the Changing Faith Podcast. My hope is that together uh, we will learn to see more deeply, that we will learn not to judge first, but to observe first, and that we will look at others and we will seek to understand before being understood, and that we will seek to learn before speaking what we believe to be true, because these our steps for all of us towards true transformation. And so may that be so with us. And that is it for today. And so once again, thank you for joining with us. And until next time, as always, much love and peace be with you.